men and welcome back all you simpalo powerhouse podcasters we've come up with all kinds of weird names for people who watch the show and are in the fence industry i think it'd be cool if people who are watching comment whatever they want to be called like yeah, a funny a funny nickname for our viewers audience people who do fence i've heard fencers fence men fence man how about fence people fence Wow, way to go PC with it. Yeah. I didn't expect that from you. First time in my life. <laughs> That's cool. That's a good idea. Comment what you want to be called. As a and, fence And install? whoever wins gets nothing. As fencers, we have a debate going. I, I'm in, un, uh, let's see, involuntarily involved in a debate about whether or not fence or fencing. Oh, fencing is sword fighting. Right, That's ridiculous. Right, right. So that's the debate. Look it up. Dante is it's a sport. hardcore against. Yeah, if you Google, if you search fencing, I don't know what. If you Google fencing, you get swords. Sword you get fighting. swords because that's what it is. Right. Okay. We install fence. Okay, moving on forward. Welcome back to the show, which I said presented, brought to you by Memphis Fence Company, MFC Manufacturing. <laughs> Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> Simpalo, of course, all of that's up here. You can do dot coms at the end of all those things and find it probably. So maybe <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> They're out there somewhere, though. Uh, so thanks for everybody for tuning in. We got a couple of new listeners across the world. I see we have France is now represented and Germany, in yeah. addition to South Africa. Yeah. And Belgium. Yeah. And where else? Canada. Canada. Was Italy, that a country? but that's kind of cheating. I still think that was just Alaria. Just Milan. Oh. There's another city. That That's not me. Oh, so we actually do have yep. someone else in Italy. Two cities in Italy? Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's all we have. Can we? Is there a whoop de doo sound on the dashboard over there? Yeah, give us some you got cool a sound effects. for the. Like a celebration. Two in Italy. You got anything? Um, yeah, just, I do. just push some, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right that was the sound at least it wasn't crickets right, <laughs> all right that's my cool. favorite so again i'm zach the other host here's dan the host we're Hello. here back. we're live we are live so you can call in here's a phone number what is every time number? oh my goodness 901-878-4987 nailed it 901-878-4987 help us reach those numbers we've got a lot of people out there vision just happened when we read the phone number you think somebody like hold on let me get my pen pulled and paper. over and got their pen and paper out to write it down it's on the screen if you're watching Bird. it live right you got to see it right Damn, you interrupt i was gonna do like a telethon bit and you totally oh, stepped all over sorry. it just tromped on it neanderthal this one sorry all right that's all right. the number one more time for those who did pull over 901-878-4987 i wonder what the insurance agent thinks about people jotting down numbers while driving they car. definitely pulled over for sure they, it's not that kind of insurance right i'm not the police <laughs> <laughs> all right so we are live so here's the breakdown of today's show cool. we're going to talk about the basics of insurance what it is what it does for you uh we're hopefully going to learn a bit a bit about all these different people involved uh, like the carrier, the broker, underwriter, adjusters, all of this. Uh, what are some minimum requirements? What we would typically see in like the commercial fence world, um, how we can control the cost of our insurance and um, how we keep the insurance people happy 
and uh, what we need to provide them to do that and uh, kind of talk a little bit about what to do if you're changing your business and kind of how you should handle the insurance side of that. Cool. I, I just want to interject from the kind of ground level. I'm in my truck. I'm installing fence. Now I've decided to get a business license and someone has requested a COI for me and I don't know what that is. Yeah. And that's what basically what we're going to talk about is how to get into that, know what that means. And then eventually at the end of the episode, you should be able to know how to get insurance to the point where you could request a COI from somebody like our guest tonight. So probably what you're going to know at the end of the episode is some more words. <laughs> Maybe you learn a little bit, but pull over, get so ready I, to write. I mean, there's a ton. I personally have dealt with insurance companies probably for about 10 years now. Sure. And I don't understand it still. Right. Like it, it's, it's a bit complicated. So, um, anyway, something you need to do jobs though. I mean, that's yeah, where that's we're right. at here. That's right. I mean, can, can we introduce our guest? Hey, we have a guest. Yeah. He's over there in the dark. How's it going? I'm Charlie Pittard. <laughs> there we go. I'm with PCR insurance, uh, local independent, uh, insurance agency here in Memphis. We do insurance for all kinds of, my, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. I do insurance for all kinds of contractors, commercial property workers comp surety bonding um and i guess today we're gonna talk about what kind of insurance you need if you're an owner of a fencing company yeah which yeah. is similar across the board for contractors or a fence company if so sword fighters or fence installers <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you own swords and fight with that's probably a different type of insurance it definitely is yeah. it's not what we're talking you about. need some different coverage for that so here's think. a circumstance where your definition of fencing really comes into play because if i call charlie and say hey charlie of pcr i need insurance for fencing mm. and he's going to go and say oh it's fencing i'm gonna look it up online i'm gonna get people in white suits with masks and swords yeah and he's gonna sell me the wrong type of insurance that's right yeah i mean and look at that have to find out if you're in a fencing team or right, <laughs> right, right that's right how long are the swords right <laughs> are are they pointed or do they have a little safety tip right, that's like, right yeah. that's right it's a lot of important questions Okay, All right, what were you saying serious. before that? Nah, it ain't time to get serious yet. We got to wait until we're at least serious. like 30 minutes in. <laughs> oh, crap. We're running out of time. Let's hurry right. up and get the show under That's underway. Right. That's right. So everyone missed you last week. Everyone oh. that listened called me and said they missed Zach. Hmm. Yeah. What was I doing? Oh, I was serving. Where's my camera tonight? Where? Hello. Yeah, no, I was Hello, trying to people. figure out which one to look at. I'm like, hold on. The when we have the guests, it's difficult to find didn't out where you, you, I see you guys. I've found you guys. I've locked in. I've locked eyes. So didn't you have to like take the night off to go cook macaroni or something like that. Spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> I did. I attended um, an event at the school for the parent teacher organization at a local school here in Memphis because one of my children attends there. Mind you, I'm not just a, you know, that good of a steward that i go and pto at random schools but yeah, well, you're so better we, than me because i refuse i know you so you, you know? said you should try it out it's not that bad there's a whole story but it's not that bad um yeah so we prepared well we served spaghetti we set up a spaghetti dinner and served spaghetti and this raises money for the school and then the money is used um this one i think is going to be used to bring some arts into the school like some performances in the auditorium of some dancers and stuff like that so some kind of outside curriculum stuff we get to supplement the budget that the uh you know the public school has right yeah 
Your kid would like it. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, that's cool. That's important. Yeah, so I serve uh, sling spaghetti. Sling yeah, and so spaghetti. You, serve, you serve spaghetti. And I, you could imagine me. Well, I'll give you a little demonstration. I was competing with the other spaghetti slingers oh, to be gosh, the best. Here we go. <laughs> I was like, don't eat that guy's stinking spaghetti. I saw and now in that spaghetti. on this week's episode of Zach's 20-minute story. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie didn't get it. I tell stories sometimes. And they last a bit longer than anticipated. <laughs> well, I, can't, I can't wait to hear what we got today. <laughs> I think that was Dan's cue to. That's not the I thought we were going to hear about you having a competition about who. Can that was serve it. I just, those. you know, I antagonized the other parents serving like spaghetti. A... Did you just turn me off? I'm sorry. Was I talking too much? And I guess they'd not really, you know, not everybody's <laughs> attended um, an outdoor concert and walked through like a, you know. A Grateful Dead shakedown lot. Right. No. That probably needs more backstory for some people. Yeah, but we'll save that story for another Basically episode. heckled all the other parents and and tried to show off, flex my spaghetti serving skills. Mm. Which Did you have some experience in that? Serving tongs with spaghetti with tongs into a styrofoam container is a little bit more difficult than you would think. Nah. Not everyone can do it. <laughs> Take, you've got a special set of skills. <laughs> right, that's right. See? Now you guys have decided. Sounds like we're all in agreement. My spaghetti is the one to get. Yeah, we'll remember that. Spaghetti. So, can you say spaghetti for us, please? Spaghetti. I put the emphasis on the wrong part of the word. Yeah, you do, and that's Dang. okay because I do too when I speak English. Hey, you know what's funny? So I, I watched a I watched a video, a car video the other day, and this guy was reviewing an Italian car, and so he just started like making words in Italian. And I think like two or three or four times he was right. He just like put an eye on the end of it and made it sound Italian. And it actually was the translation. It was the word for that cognate. Cognati. What? Cognate. It's when a word in English or two two languages sounds similar. The the meaning or the pronunciation of the word is basically the same word. I said said it in Italian for you. You know. That was amazing then. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So uh, we are we do this thing every week, Charlie. Where oh, first wait, we skipped over our old business. So we're still working on Job Nimbus. We got our QuickBooks integration done, and we are slowly progressing to the point where we can actually start using it. I did use it the other day on a little test run for an MFC manufacturing job, and it worked for that. But that was pretty simple. So. Uh, we're still working our way through that. Do we have any other? We used to talk about my added processes. Process. I know, but then you stopped adding. Well, we're just implementing them. So oh. the folders I'm doing with the added information seems to be helping. But I mean, ultimately still. Didn't I hear today? Well, we if they ever told me what I was doing, I'd know what to take. <laughs> this was from a guy who had an auger without an auger bit. So, Oh, you know what's right? funny? Is they came back later and like, never mind, the auger bit was on there the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) We just thought it wasn't. Wait. Basically, what you heard overheard was this is you could just sum it up with we are really embarrassed right now. Yeah. We are very embarrassed. We made mistakes and things happen. Blame it on someone else. You make mistakes. I do. We all make mistakes. I do. But it was a pretty funny thing that results in me lying flat on your in your office yeah that happened yesterday by the way i thought i 
Zach had a, a heart attack. I thought I underbid the job by like 300%. So, well, <laughs> I'll just give you a little bit of tidbit of information. His price was a third of what I had previously right. bid the job for. That's right. <laughs> the fence was different. Like they changed a, a bunch of stuff different. about the fence. And so took off the gates, took at, off the automation. After we sorted out like all the changes and everything, he was okay. The but initial, the initial side by side was like almost it was pretty shocking. Attack. Yeah. He was honestly laying out in the floor in my office, like with his heart racing for there for a minute. What so. are we going to do now? All right, let's learn some Italian. So the word of the week is insurance. In, I, I want to guess. Insurance. No, wrong. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to guess. You want me to say it? Yes, please. Assicurazione. What? You want me to say it again? Assicurazione. So that sounds like assurance. Uh you have to try, Charlie. Get Charlie on the screen. Say it Charlie's going to try it. Assicurazione. Assicurazione. <laughs> right. We'll take it. Assicurazione. Right. Say it again. Assicurazione. Wrong. <laughs> Do we have a wah wah? Yes. Oh, that's nice. Wah. Good job. That's going to be yours every time. <laughs> <laughs> Just write Dan on that button. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. All right, so we already introduced Charlie. Uh, you talked about your PCR, PCR, PCR. kind of talked about what you do, all of that. Um, do you want to? Do you want to give any information about how somebody might find you should they want to? Um, my my business number is nine zero one seven five 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 two six. Oh, hold on, they have to pull over again. Yeah, go ahead and pull over. Yeah, and then write my email down. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, charles at pcrins.com all right and what areas can you write insurance in uh, we can write anywhere in the country yeah okay well there you go so whoa you okay me too i know <laughs> i just see the cameras going doot, 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 doot. all right so anywhere in the country and what type of insurance like what um do you write insurance for any business or do you have like a kind of set type of business that you write insurance for or just, I mean, I do more construction than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, we can write any type of business and you know, like for instance, you get referrals for all kinds of different, uh, businesses. Like, you know, you'll write a fence contractor and his best friend owns him, you know, a guitar shop. Right. And then you want to take care of his friend. And mm -hmm. so you end up, insuring all kinds of stuff um so i get most of your business through referrals that's the best way to do it yeah yeah somebody cool. that, somebody that already thinks you're doing a good job for sure um but i mean we do a lot of yeah i've been in it for almost 11 years i guess over 11 years now cool and uh you know i've made thousands and thousands and thousands of cold dollars. calls <laughs> cold calls dollars <laughs> <laughs> insurance is expensive but you know cold call someone for seven years it's right. not really a cold call anymore right so yeah at that point they have your number saved and they're like oh. there he is again <laughs> right yeah. you know but uh, i will so along those lines i will say insurance people are the most persistent salespeople i've ever encountered in my life hands down i don't know what it is it's not just you like there are i I mean, across the board, it seems to be that every insurance person that I interact with, they're so persistent. 
And I mean, we have people call us all the time for, I mean, selling advertising and healthcare and, you know, everything else, all of them. You're like, no, thanks. And that's it. You never hear from them again. But an insurance person, you tell them no, thanks. And then they're like calling three days later and you're like, wait a minute, didn't we, didn't we have this conversation? So it is interesting, the persistence that seems to be just like in the insurance industry. So, well, I mean, you, there's, you see a lot of people flame out. Yeah. So if they're not persistent, they don't make it. Right. So, yeah. Um, the, the persistent ones are the ones that are st still employed. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Exactly. But that that's always been kind of an interesting thing that it seems to be, like I said, the most persistent group of people. Um, or maybe they just want to call Memphis Fence. Maybe. Maybe they're just excited about writing insurance for a fence company. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, all right. Do you want to talk any more about any of that? or What's the weirdest request for insurance you've ever received? Weirdest? Um, hmm. Let's see. Do you guys weirdest. issue temporary policies, like for a music festival or something like that? Yeah, we, yeah, we do that. That's, that's cool. That's, that's not crazy at all i'm trying to think of strange here i mean right. i've had had I, i'm a clown and i want to take a snake to a child's birthday party mm -hmm. any of those i've never had that dang it well, yeah, i mean you have people that are entertainers right bands yeah, are clowns um right. but they're just clowns all the time you know people will you know try to get policies for travel and mm -hmm. they get sick on you know in asia and stuff like that ah yeah um, so complicated yeah, they're yeah, not so much just kind of off the wall. Wait a minute, do you get a policy for travel? Yeah, travel insurance. What does that do? Well, a lot of people's health insurance won't cover them here in America, or will only cover them here in America. So that they travel and they get hurt or injured, they want to have a policy in place. You know, depending on what country they go to. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, See? I mean, it's a freaking insurance world. It's yeah. so complicated. It can cover luggage and I never even thought about getting injured out right. of the country and what right. would, like what if I go to Jamaica and break my leg on a zip line? So next time you travel to North Korea, make sure you get your insurance first. <laughs> yeah, I think you just come home with a sling. Yeah, right. I'd, worry about it over here. I'm not right. sure that they would uh yeah, no, so I don't those, think any insurance companies want to get involved in that. I'll take those two sticks and a piece of torn up cloth you have there and limp on back home. Right. Yeah, I think that's your best bet. Yeah. <laughs> um wait. I'm missing a kidney. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. So do you do uh travel insurance policies cover organ replacement? <laughs> We need to pull out the policy and read it. I mean, if so, is it prorated? I mean, if you cancel it six months into the policy, uh, they're like, wait, your expected life or your life expectancy is 80 years and you're 40. So we're going to give you 50% of that organs value. Is it like that? You know, I don't know how you put a price on an organ. <laughs> good question i don't know uh <laughs> you know, i don't think they pay actual cash value mm. <laughs> this week on powerhouse fence insuring your organs it's we're just sharing the important things in life that's all yeah the actual cash value joke is really cheesy insurance person joke oh i just made it oh that's why <laughs> we didn't get it <laughs> all the insurance people are yeah oh, they're all cracking up yeah, if there was other... It's too available, man. You shouldn't have pulled that one out so soon. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. We were around like five insurance agents, like they were like. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I always enjoy enjoy is like, and I don't know why. I maybe not enjoy. Yeah, let me back up. Can you rewind? Edit that part out. Oh, wait, we're a lot. Um. So one thing that always fascinates me is hearing these like horror stories of claims right right and it's like you know this happened and it led to like a 75 million dollar settlement or some crazy stuff do you have any of those um i don't have 75 million i well i did have a client uh that owns big trucks and there was a double fatality um but way more morbid than i expected yeah i know but we did go from organs to that so i guess we've that's good. I mean, not, that's, nothing against you. Yeah, that's nothing probably the biggest claim I've ever uh, had. Well, I mean, that one's probably it was, legit. It was two 18-wheelers head-on. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sucks. Do you have any that don't have such a sad ending? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you asked for the worst. So right. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. It's, you know, not really. I mean, we have a lot of tornadoes around here. Um you know, in the last couple of years, we've had a lot of wind damage. Yeah. To commercial buildings. Um, here, you know, here in the area, we get a lot of uh, b- bodily injury and wrecks where, mm. you know, you'll have, <clears throat> I wouldn't say this is remotely rare. This is every day. Well, I mean, there's like multiple large law firms in the city that right. just do that. Like, so, I, I mean, I've got, so there is some, Maybe some uh, actual data to support our drivers are in fact bad. Um, that, or, that's not where that's not where I'm or going with this. Our courts are in fact. Mm, I don't even know what word to biased. Mm, maybe. Well, I what I'm what I where I was going with it is you'll see. I've seen plenty of claims where you know one person rear ends another person, and. Both vehicles have minimum damage. Ah, uh, like yeah, almost none. My neck and like the my yeah, back, right? The, like my the heart, like the property damage on the claim will be like three hundred dollars, right? Total, and then there's like over a million dollar bodily injury claim because the person is like, "This is my opportunity." Um, and, and then the insurance and like the insurance companies will typically look at a million dollar claim and settle it for 80,000 and they think they've done a good job adjusting that claim. Sure. And, uh, and all these, uh, lawyers have kind of found that sweet spot where it's like, okay, especially if you're a commercial. Yeah. They don't bat an eye at 80 grand, hit them with the 80 grand. Tom. Well, if, yeah. if the person sees that Memphis fence or whomever on a truck, they're like the lawyer's going to say, okay, well, this guy has got at least a million dollars auto insurance. We're suing for a million dollars. And they, there's a sweet so, spot there where, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's when you, man, every day when these trucks roll out of the gate, I mean, I may as well just like go outside and put my head on a chopping block and see if somebody walks by to chop it. I mean, that's, I mean, a, that's accurate. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, there's people in the world that like, I, I saw a Facebook post on one of these fence groups not too long ago where this guy was complaining. Cause he's like, Oh, we're out here doing all this work. And like, we're not making all the money and da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, you're not taking the risk either. Right. Like, I mean, it'd right. be hard to you, sleep at night before you have a Vinny coffee at five o'clock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you didn't make the investment. You haven't put all of these trucks on the road and you don't take that risk every day when they roll out the gate. So like more risk, more reward kind of thing goes on, you know, but, but yeah, I think we're kind of getting into what the meat of that question is really about. It's like the oops, why should I be covered? Right. That's why you kind of, the question was like a prod for circumstances where we're going to find ourselves in a, Oh, we really wish we had the right kind of insurance. Right. That's right. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's why you're asking about the mishaps. Cause yeah. it's like, Oh, the guy who didn't know he needed this type of insurance and then yeah, that yeah, yeah. thing happened to him. Sorry. Thing. Thanks for reeling us back <laughs> in. That's right. But yeah. So when yeah. the trucks are rolling and I don't even think about that. I mean, I work here, I think about a lot of the inner workings of Memphis Fins company, but I don't think about like, you know, if a, whatever the auger breaks and a hydraulic line happens to whatever hydraulic lines can do at super high pressure. I don't blow up. You know what I mean? Cause some damage to a home. Not, how about that? We'll stop yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, we were only talking about auto insurance. Right. Yeah. We run a lot of big equipment, you know? I yeah. mean, there's... Uh, I mean, what if you just, like, run a skid steer into the side, side of someone's of, house? Right. Oops. Right. Or just back up, back the trailer down the driveway and just... Or you park the truck in a fast food restaurant and put it in park, and then you walk inside and you hear some noise behind you and you look and the truck rolled through the parking lot and hit five vehicles. Or what if you accidentally forget to tie down a bag of satcrete and it falls off the truck on 240? What? Or what if your employee gets his arm cut off? Right. Always with the bad stuff, know, Charlie. Man. Man. You, you just like go to the max. Jeez. <laughs> but that's what his job is: is to to let us know these are the possible outcomes here. Right. Well, I mean, if I you're mean, right? you're a business owner, you don't have workers' comp. Right. Because I'm I'm out here like just started a business. Everything's gonna be beautiful. We're gonna be rolling in the dough. And Charlie's here to say, hey man, what if you know they're rolling the dough and they just roll their hand right into the pizza oven? Yeah. Right. And if you don't have workers' comp, then you've got to pay. So there's these people that kind of, uh, you know, like get this exemption and like operate in that world and donors. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get a workers comp exemption. And up so, to five office people. Is that right? Something like that. They gotta be, yeah. they can't just be office people. They, oh, okay. They have, they have to, to be, be part owner in the business. So like a partnership LLC, both partners could be exempt, that's right. but that's it. That's right. Okay. Or you, or you could be the treasurer. Sure. You, you gotta be on the board. Yeah. So it, okay. if you're a fence guy, and it, again, so this applies just to the state of Tennessee, right? Because that's what we're talking about. It's different in different states. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So in Tennessee, if you're a fence guy, you can exempt yourself. And can you exempt one employee or no? No. The, just yourself. Correct. Okay. So then people pay their employees with cash or pay them as 1099 employees and then they get their arms squished in the pizza oven or whatever you said. And like, what happens in that scenario? You need to have a worker's comp policy. And if you don't, then that person is going to go hire a lawyer. One of those big law firms we talked about earlier. And they're going to sue injured on the job. Yeah. yeah right. Or you know, I mean, let's say they're 25 years old and they've got 40 more years of working years that you're going to get, you're going, you're going to, to pay for you're going to pay indemnity for the rest of their working I mean, if it's saying they can't work again or right um or if they can't do the same job they were previously doing so moral of that story is probably just get some workers comp drug test those fools and hope prove the that they worst <laughs> well yeah a lot of a lot of people <laughs> there, there's a five percent discount on work comp 
file a Tennessee drug free workplace, but a yeah. lot of people don't do it because they know that they're employees. Well, gotta have you employees. Can't, you can't <laughs> anymore. Right. You would just be showing up to work yourself. That, that's why I'm just gonna yeah let that one just right. It should be like a forty percent discount now, because if you can find a whole crew of people that will all pass a drug test, then it's pretty good. It's very good. Well, a lot of people you should get an accommodation. Accom- whatever should, that word is. That's what I'm saying. It should be like a forty percent discount. We'll have a plaque. Well, actual drug-free workplace. Oh, no. They tell you to drug test your employee immediately after they get injured. Yeah. Because many times that avoids the work comp claim altogether. Yeah. Because if they were on using something and they get hurt and you're like, Mm -hmm. all right, time to go get a drug test, the injury will go away. I heard a story today um, from a general contractor that they had an employee who hit some sort of underground utility line. And, uh, so anytime there's an accident incident, anything like that, the first thing they do is drug test them. And that guy immediately lost his job because he failed the drug test. And so we'll see to counter that a lot of the time when the person gets, okay, that was a general liability claim. Yeah. Okay. Well, a lot of times when the workers comp claim, when they tell them to go get the drug test, they just, all of a sudden they're not hurting anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, oh. actually that shoulder's not that <laughs> That's bad. Fine. Yeah. That's good. I only need, I didn't need that one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly all right so let's let's try to get through this list we are at 30 minutes so now it's time to get serious let's get down to business all right so um i don't know why i said it like that i I said before we get into the insurance that doesn't really apply anymore um yeah so we've talked a lot in the past few weeks about relationships we had the banker on we had one of our suppliers on uh relationships are a very important thing and I've said it before and I will say it again. If have someone you can pick up the phone and call. Right. But as you mentioned earlier, your insurance agent's probably already calling you. Well, that's true. But you don't want, I I personally don't like. Do you call yourself an agent or an adjuster? You're both. I'm not an adjuster. You're not? No, I'm an agent. Agent. See, we're going to learn about those terms here in a minute, I think. See? Oh, okay. I'm skipping ahead. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't call me adjuster. So have an insurance agent that you can pick up the phone and call. Uh, I don't, I don't like the idea of like going through one of these online kind of things. I don't know if there's any that work for the fence industry, but there are some online insurance stuff that you can do in the commercial world. I don't like that. And like, you want to find somebody local or, I mean, maybe not even local, but somebody you can at least pick up the phone and call. Um, so I have a question here. What is insurance and what does it do? <laughs> Like, what is a real fundamental explanation of insurance? I mean, insurance is the pooling of everyone's risk together to pay for everyone's losses. So we take a large group of people, put a portion of their money into a big bucket, and that's what pays for the few people who have losses. That's right. In so, theory. So, And then the insurance companies keep the rest. The insurance companies find a way to, to make money, hopefully. Yeah. They don't always make money. Um, they haven't, you know, it's been, it's been a rough couple of years for insurance companies, actually. Right. It, we are in a, a tough market right now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think, I think pumping seven and a half trillion dollars into the, you know, economy caused massive inflation and insurance pays for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So if anything happens, ah, uh, yes, every claim is much bigger now because everything is much more expensive. So it probably takes some years for that to like get called up and equalized, right? I mean, I don't think we've ever seen anything like 
what, yeah. what COVID did right before. So the insurance markets, you know, like let's just say whatever you're paying in insurance in 2019. I have to bite my tongue. I can't put my tinfoil hat on on the show. <laughs> I didn't bring my... Well, in, 29, <laughs> in 2019, whatever it was, was probably pretty accurately priced, right? Sure. Well, then 2020, 21, two, all these packages get, you know, Congress starts printing all this money. Well, the insurance, let's just say, the, you know, the insurance markets are going up 5 to 8% every year on renewals. Well, all of a sudden, that's not enough money to pay for everything that's all the additional costs of inflation. Mm-hmm. And so now everything is way more expensive to replace or, or rebuild or. Right. Which an easy example is like buying a new truck. I bought yeah. a new truck. Like, I don't know what year that was, but recently. And one that would have, you know, a few years ago been valued at about 12,000. Now it's about 28,000. Yeah, exactly. And, but, all, I mean, but I've been paying rates for a $12,000 vehicle essentially to yeah. kind of, you know, it's fun. I, I recently, um, made a change on a personal auto insurance deal and this car well i, I looked it up because I, I put the car in the company's name right so i looked up the book value it was four thousand four hundred and fifty dollars is what the book value was you want to guess how much i was paying in auto insurance a month on that thing you might Two, know the answer in physical damage or liability like the whole thing 279 dollars okay. a month no it was like 305 dollars a month I was like, wait a minute. See, you know how to go prices right rules. I don't overbid. I'm pretty dang. I did pretty good. What yeah. kind of truck was it? It was so a fun. car. A little, like, one of those little mini SUV things. We don't disclose vehicle make and model now either. In case I they're personally after you. don't. Yeah. Tinfoil hat. You can tell. You know, I, you'll never see Don't tell them what type of vehicle Dan drives. Well, the question would be what kind of MVR do you have? Good. Well, it was crazy. Well, so when I called to cancel with the person that was writing the insurance, I called lady was on the phone. I was like, Hey, I want to cancel the cancel this auto policy. And she says, all right, what was it? I was a little late. I had some more coming. Sorry. Oh, um, and uh, so I told her what it was and she goes, okay. I was like, I really expected this to be more difficult. She said, nah, I see how much you were paying for it. I'd cancel it too. <laughs> Good so, job. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. See you. Wow. But, um, all right. So insurance is required for PCR, right? So she's no. not fired. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it, I think she did the right thing. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I think it was cool. I was like, all right, oh, you know, oh, I appreciate that. We kind of, um, peered behind the curtain with the banker and presented Kirk as not just a banker and he's actually a person behind there. Yeah. And it sounds like Charlie might also be a human being who's Maybe. not just trying to sell you an inflated insurance policy. Is that true? Um, <laughs> no, I'm not a human. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a computer. <laughs> yes, does not compute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can't I, answer that question. Yeah, you're causing a glitch. <laughs> but I mean, you said, your comment was like, yeah, it sounds like she did the right thing. Yeah, You were yeah. paying too much. She recognized it. We're still human beings. You yeah. got to do this service. I just think, you know, in kind of the general population, bankers, insurance agents, get kind of a crappy rap, you know, like. Yeah, I would, I'd say for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. it's just because they have preconceived notions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I would say in this area, most, most of my competitors and most of the insurance people in this town are, are all pretty good. Cool. Like, yeah. I mean, they are so um so i have on here that 
insurance is required for us to do work. Uh, we've kind of talked about that a little bit. Like, you don't need to be out there trying to do something and have a situation where it would be a claim if you had insurance and like you're paying for it the rest of your life. That doesn't work out well. And insurance does, yes, that would be great, Aloria. <laughs> Uh, so insurance, uh, it's not cheap. I complained how these chairs suck and she asked if I wanted a pillow. <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. Uh, yeah, so insurance isn't cheap, but I mean, it is important. It's, it's necessary. It's cheap if, it's cheap if you need it. In comparison, well, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, it's cheap if you need it. Right. Um, it's expensive if you never need it and you're just looking at bills and you've never had a problem. Right. Yep. So, um, all right. Who are the people? So can you kind of give us a breakdown of like, I have listed here, carrier, broker, underwriter, adjuster, like it, you hear all of these different insurance people insured. Yeah. So we are the insured, You're the insured, right? Yes. So can you kind of give us a breakdown of like who they are and kind of maybe just a, a little dab about what they do? I guess I could start with like what we do. Okay. You know, we are. You know, like you look at a sports agent and they're representing a player. They're trying to negotiate the best deal with the, like, if you know, you're Shaquille O'Neal's agent. You're trying to get him as much money from the Lakers as possible. Mm -hmm. But you also want to have a good relationship with the Lakers because, mm -hmm. you know, you might have another player. You might get another player from them because they're like, oh, he's done a great job for Shaq. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he'll do a good, you know, so you, so it's important to keep good relationships with both sides. If that makes sense. Right. So for me, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to have a good relationship with my clients who are the insureds, but I also want to have a good relationship with the insurance companies. So whenever they right. see my phone call, they're like, oh, Charlie, he's going to be bringing me a good account or, right. And he's not going to be lying on my, the applications about what's going on. He's always honest, and answering the questions correctly. And he's pleasant. He's not going to be yelling at me for some reason. Mm -hmm. um so basically you, you want to have a good relationship with them there's that word again right <laughs> yeah we talk about it a lot yeah we do that's my cue to enter the word integrity mm, that's right ethics right i mean if i let's just say i did something like loss runs dan knows what loss runs are yeah but the people listening may not right so let's just say okay you want me to educate you on loss runs i know we're getting off Sure. Track here, but Let's loss, basically, like if you're doing personal lines, they have reports that are run, and you know they can see everybody's losses. If you're just getting a quote with commercial lines, you have to request loss runs from the carrier. Um, it's, it's a pain, and it probably is backwards how it's done, but it's just the way that it's done. So uh, it's kind of like your your credit history almost, but from the insurance right. world. It'll say what company you're with and how long you've been with them and what claims have happened while yep. you've been with them. And it shows you the amounts of all the claims and all of that stuff, right? Open, closed. Yep. Um, so, you know, let's just say I didn't get lost runs and I was getting a quote from a company and, I was, and I'm like, the guy told me that there's no claims and I'm, First of all, the insurance company is not going to like me for trying to get a quote without loss runs. They're going to move, yeah. they're going to move that to the bottom of the pile. But let's just say I really pushed them like, Hey, like he doesn't have losses. He's told me he doesn't have losses. Let's get quoted up. And then we quoted up, we go present it, get the business. And then we get the loss runs. And it's like, he's got $700,000 worth of losses. Well, the insurance company is going to look at me, the agent and be like, what have you done to us? All right. 
Mm-hmm. And and so then all of a sudden that insurance company is not going to like me. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, you know, you just got blacklisted. You get blacklisted. Yeah. Right. Move you to the special accounts division. Yeah. Special assets division. Special assets. Yeah. That was from, that was the banking term for people who have that kind of history. Right. People <laughs> they want to get rid of. <laughs> well, that's, well, yeah. Right. I mean, right. To, but with that being said, you want to provide honest and complete information to them. So they, so because you know because if you do that over a period of time they're like okay we can trust this guy he's consistently been honest and consistently Mm -hmm. done what he's needed to do for us so when he calls we're going to drop what we're doing to help him get this quote because he it's probably going to be a good opportunity for us whereas the person that's lied to us six different accounts in a row yeah they're going to be like all right what's he what kind of what's the story here like what what's next (laughs) yeah so the the special assets yeah, in banking is called assigned risk in the insurance world. Aha, there yeah. we go. Right, we've been so there. based on the loss report. Yeah, well, that's that's for work comp, the state pool. Okay, nobody yeah. else will insure you. The NCCI will. Yeah, um, and it's expensive. Yeah, you pay for it. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna sleep fine tonight. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> So I don't even know how many different types of insurance we have. I know like I I listed out here, general liability, workers comp, auto, excess. We have equipment coverage, property coverage. We have property of others. Cyber liability. Yeah. Employment practices. Employment practices. Yeah. There's some professional something. Errors and and emissions. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been requested that before? Mm -hmm. I have it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's why, like, for instance, let's just say there's a company who's doing fences, who's been doing s- small jobs for a while that have Sorry. not required a COI. And all of a sudden, CO, you were talking about this earlier, yeah. COI certif- certificate of insurance. There we go. <clears throat> let's just say they call, you know, one of my customers was like, hey, this guy is, needs to get insurance. And, I'll, and they'll call me and I'll say, who's requesting you get insurance? And they'll mm-hmm. say, St. Jude or whoever it may be. And and then um, what I will say is I'll say, send me a copy of their requirements. Yeah, right. Because I, I could sit here and quote general liability and workers comp, and then we'll submit it to St. Jude and St. Jude will come back. And I'm not to name drop them, but just does it matter? But I don't, I don't, we don't have no idea, <laughs> but let's just say, so we'll submit it. And, and then all of a sudden they come back and they're like, we need seven more types of insurance. So I would just, I always just say, send me the contract of right. whoever's asking you for that insurance because you know, that'll save us a lot of steps and a lot of back and forth. Yeah, so that's a uh, USLNH. Yeah, that, that was from when you were doing the uh, fence job on the bridge. Yeah, the, yeah. Which, so, river, which river was it? The Wolf River. The Wolf River. Okay. Yeah. So USLNH is what is it called? Like Longshore Harbor. Yeah, Longshore oh, wow. Harbor Master. Is that? Something like that. Either way. Um, so what U.S., United States? Is that the U.S.? Yeah, that's the U.S. Okay. All right. So you got to, from, you can correct me if I'm wrong, right? But if you're working over a navigable waterway, then you have to have USLNH insurance. And if there's a workers' comp claim that happens above that navigable <laughs> waterway or in it, then USLNH benefits apply to the workers comp claim which are much higher than most so states. like a pay scale but for insurance benefits 
you have to activate the USLNH endorsement on your policy. Yeah, which is like a whole nother thing. It, right? well, it increases the cost. Whatever so that, the whatever the rates were went up. That one job. So the way it worked for me in that scenario was I I had to get a USLNH insurance coverage for that one job. And it didn't matter if we were working above the waterway or not, but everything that happened on that one job fell under the USLNH coverage. Even the fabrication shop. In the shop here. Oh, still wow. fell under that coverage. And for that one job, it was like a $15,000 insurance coverage or insurance premium. premium for that one job. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So apparently the claims are pretty intense on that stuff i don't know but well, just airports waterways anything that sounds what about the train bridge i had doing train special for yeah, that train tracks um anything like that freaks insurance company out we don't know <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about zach i'm sorry <laughs> oh that wasn't you guys no no no, no. Okay, that, was, right. that was that other i didn't work here then have, I you, just have saw you ever some... had to buy a railroad protective policy I don't think we ever have because I think that's only if you're working inside the railroad right away or right. like on the tracks or something like that, right? Or if the owner of the project requires Well, you. yeah, that too. Yeah. But man, they put all kinds of stuff in those things. Yeah. In a contract, like they get we haven't really talked about that, but like you need to be careful about signing contracts. Make sure you review them. And insurance is one of those things. I personally send every contract I get to an insurance professional and I'm like, hey, can you take a look at this and make sure we're good? And they, man, Dang. it never fails. They go through. I thought it. you were just reading all those and approving them. No. Well, also, I, I use that as. <laughs> I've just been sending them to you. I yeah. use that as like an education, educational tool for, let's just say, medium-sized fence company. Right. Because um, how much, I mean, you subcontract work out, right? Yeah. We sub, we hire subs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of listeners of this podcast probably higher subs right right which brings a whole nother you know item to the table here right um because basically you know if they're on your project and they're subcontractor they're under you mm -hmm. right so i would say you know you let you go to a huge gc and are doing a job for them and they're asking you to sign a subcontractor agreement that that basically gives your family away yeah in the subcontractor agreement i would ask you why do you think they're doing that mm -hmm. and then apply that to your own subcontractors and think don't you think you should take some notes from the people that have millions and billions right. of dollars with a lawyer fees you know expense to make that contract mm -hmm. out don't you think you should maybe think what what's that saying plagiarism is the highest <laughs> form of flattery yeah is that right it's like take notes from them yeah and because you know the, the medium-sized fence contractor will be like oh you know we got their coi Right. We don't need to have a subcontractor agreement. And and then at the same time, they're going on a, a job with a huge GC that's requiring everything under the moon. Mm -hmm. And and they're not making their own sub sign anything. Yeah. It's like, just think about that. Right. Maybe take some lessons from the big GC. You, you got a notepad? <laughs> right, right. I need to pull over. Could right. you repeat that, please, Charlie? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Like, you ever think about why are they doing that? Yeah. And see, I always, I'm always just like, ah, oh, that crap's in there because it happened to somebody one time and Timbuktu, and now it's got to be in every contract. You know? Right. That's yeah. kind of the reaction I typically have to these 600 page long contracts, which is true. That is yeah. true. But, you know, I see so, so many like 
mid-sized companies that are like, oh, my subs would never sign that. And it's like, well, maybe they shouldn't be your subs. Mm. And, the, and they're like, well, I don't I got nobody else. I, but it's like, okay, well, how much risk do you want to take? Yeah. At, you know, which is the same for people that just started working and don't have insurance at all. Yeah. So let's say hypothetically, let's run through this scenario. This is cool. So we're doing a job for a general contractor. We hire a sub. All right. Our sub is out there doing something and they, I don't know, blow up the SR 71. Right. And so there's a $50 million claim or whatever. So they're going to go through the sub, the subs insurance first or our insurance first. Who's primary? Um, I would say the primary would be the sub. Would be the sub. Yeah. And then us. The person that did it. And then if their insurance, uh, their liability or umbrella doesn't cover the damage, then the next guy up is responsible. That's so. Well, the we're, reason we're in America. Everybody's getting sued. Oh yeah, right. They're, so, they're every, passing out lawsuits yeah. like hotcakes, man. A everyone's going to be the first person. And well, there was some language like that in one of the last co contracts we looked at. So there, there's a whole thing, primary non-contributory. Right. Yeah. We, those words came up. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, waiver of subrogation. Waiver of subrogation. Which is, if you understand that, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like you know, you're on a job site. The general contractor you issue a waiver of subrogation while you're on their job site yeah that means that you're waiving your insurance company's rights to subrogate if the general contractors if the general contractor does something wrong we did talk about yeah. this yeah because we, we saw it in the contract yeah like and one I of your, you like the, the general contractor does something that causes your employee to get injured mm. like whatever that may be they our insurance is still responsible well, typically what would happen is your workers comp company would pay the claim and then sue and then go back and try to sue them. Yeah. Because it was their fault. But with when, that you, waiver, when you go out on the waiver of subrogation. Yeah. So your what, insurance company's paying it. So what I told Zach <laughs> was I was like, basically the way it's set up in a lot of these contracts is like everyone else's insurance is exhausted before it ever touches the general contractor. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's so I guess the question, the answer to that question would just be it depends on the contract. Mm. Oh, that's in those contracts, and I mean it's in a ton of them, and you can sign it. So this is like an interesting conversation. I would really like to have a general contractor and put them in the hot seat and be like, "What happens if I don't sign that contract? If I say nope, I'm not going to do it." And my opinion, I think there's some stuff that they're going to let you not sign and redline and all of that. Right, we talked a little bit about that before. Yep, That's and very common. 100%, you can try it, right? But I think when you're dealing with big general contractors, and I think they have floor 7, 8, 9, and 10 in their building are all lawyers, I don't think they're going to sign it. And I think they're just going to say no, and they're going to move on to the next person. But the question is, how much risk is that job worth? right right so we we'll get you, the dummy who didn't read the contract and we'll hire him i had a guy i promise you a, a general contractor that i know told me that exact same thing he said these big boys put whatever they want in there and there's some stupid person in the world that'll sign it that's mm -hmm. right but he's like get that freaking red pen out and go to town if right. you don't want to sign it like right that. new guy just got my policy whatever i'm just excited to get uh, out my there first and get job going. i'm Dude, just 250 million dollar contract yes right well, I mean, I have customers all the time that'll 
be bidding on a job, they'll send me the contract and they'll mm -hmm. say, Charlie, do I have everything here? Yeah. And if what and if I don't, what how much does it cost to yeah. to satisfy this whole contract? And then I'll tell them how much it would cost. And then they are like, Wow, that's seventy eight thousand dollars. And I'll like I'll be like, you should call them and just see if all this is necessary. Mm -hmm. And they'll call them and say, actually we don't need all that. We're good. Um or they'll say you know, we don't even want to do this job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sure. you know the job we're doing that has the weird name. Yeah, a couple of weird names. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was a situation like that. And I'll tell you what. For a second, I thought you wanted me to remind you what it no, was no, called. No, 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 like, no, no, no. He's trying to use some kind of discretion right. here. So, <laughs> so the job is the bottom of the fence is like 92 feet in the air and it's on the top of an acid treatment facility. Right. So it's like one of these kind of like seen skeleton, out of a Batman movie. Yeah. The pollution insurance. It, it's like a skeletonized building with like some giant smokestacks and pipes and tanks and all this stuff all in it. Right. And so they had a crazy insurance requirement. Of course, it never came up throughout the entire process until it came time to, for them to send me a contract. And I looked at it. And I just sent it over to the insurance folks. I was like, all right, give me a price on satisfying this. And I went back to them. I was like, all right, you can add this much money to my contract yeah. if that's what you want. Yeah, people do that all the time. And they said, uh, never mind. We'll let you get by without it. And so that's a legit tactic that oh, yeah. maybe is, I don't know if that's less aggressive than just taking your red crayon and coloring the whole paper, but like it maybe is a, a better approach. Yeah. I mean, people will, you know, they'll, yeah. I mean, they'll factor whatever the additional cost is. And yeah. Yeah, but if you have a full set of bid documents when you bid that job and it was included in the project manual or the specs or whatever, guess what? That's on you. Yeah. Then you didn't look at it. You didn't pay attention to it. And you got time to sign the contract and then you want to look at it like, no, nah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And then that's usually the insurance agent's fault too when it costs money. Well, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the, cu the customer will not be happy with you. And it's like, yeah. well, you should have read your contract. Right. That's right. Which And, and a lot of those contracts will say, like, if it's a pollution policy and you got to write, you got to have pollution for this one job, which it'll say you got to carry it for three more years after the completion oh, yeah. of the job. Yep. And so, the, you know, they'll call and say, Hey, like we finished that job. Let's cancel the pollution policy. And, and I'll, and I'll say, I'll, I'll be like, your contract says you got to keep it for three more years. Like, like that's so crazy. That's, that's the <laughs> same thing with that, uh, waiver of subrogation. Yeah. Right. You got to carry that for years after the end of the project too. Well, and it just, yeah, every project has a different, I think we have like 30 waiver of subrogation sitting on our policy right now. I'm like, I don't even know when I'm can I'm allowed to cancel these things. And yeah. so like you have to go. So my advice on the proper way to handle that would be figure out a system to make note of when you're allowed to cancel that and then cancel it at that time. And so what I'm really bad about doing is just being like, oh, we got to have it now and we got to have it for three years. Well, guess what? Four or five years later, it's still sitting on my policy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like know. The average man's person's uh, Netflix subscription or whatever. You right. got like, right. you could buy AMC so you could watch some specific TV show and now forgot. That's right. That's but it's to the tune of thousands of dollars. All right. It's actually pretty. I'm going to start using that. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Uh, all of the counsel on the show is free. After the show, though, I do charge hourly. All right. So. Oh. What? We should charge on the show. Wait a minute. Uh, too late. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, all right. So what are factors that play in a pricing different types of insurance? Like, we've talked about the loss run. So obviously, that's like, you know, response number one. 
but are there other factors outside of your losses that kind of play into the price of it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, what I would tell, what I always tell clients, you know, uh, let's say, let's just say I'm meeting with a potential client and they're like, you know, they're just like, they don't want to give me too much. They're trying to, you know, they're kind of, you know, putting up the cold <laughs> shoulder and, and I'm like, I'll say, look, what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to paint a picture right. of your company to the insurance company. And the better is it, are we out. Uh, no, we're good. You can keep rolling. Uh, just the better, the better picture I paint to the insurance company, the better deal you're going to get. Right. So, right. When, so I was like, if you have safety meetings, tell me about it. More detailed you are about your business, material safety, data sheets, like, all those types of like, things. Yeah. Because an underwriter, you know, Insurance is a bet, right? Sure. The, the insurance company is saying whatever price they give you is. We're going to take a risk on this business that they price, don't lose this fight. Kind yeah, of. There's, which, like if they price your insurance at $10,000 a year, they're saying that we think we can make money on this account right. for $10,000. Sure. Right. So. Which ultimately means zero claims that year. I mean. I mean, you know, if you make like four thousand, you know, your four thousand sure. dollar claim, they probably came out. Yes, I'm thinking super small picture because I'm thinking just Memphis Fence Company, right? So well, yeah, so if you're paying a hundred thousand dollars in insurance and you're sure, you know, you're having twenty thousand dollars give or take a year, and then you have ten of those clients, or, so to speak, then there you, there you go. That's how the money's made. Well, the money's made by the premiums being higher than the losses. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So like if you're an underwriter at a desk, which I guess that was one of the uh, people we need to learn about. Yeah, yeah. Underwriter is the person at the insurance company that accepts the applications to quote, and they underwrite it. Right. They say they 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 you know they're gonna get on Google and they're gonna look your company up and they're gonna get on Google Maps and look at your property and they're gonna get on Facebook and see if you have a Facebook where you're you know see what kind of you know and everybody put in every contractor puts the craziest job they've ever done on their website which the underwriters like are they really doing this right <laughs> like they, it's like no they did it one time and they're really proud of it and this is on their website well that's a good point because like you know i had to we mentioned like uh supplementing your policy and adding things that are required i did do some work at a hospital and they wanted some more insurance that i didn't have so uh, that kind of thing and then of course that was the job that was on the front page of the website the yeah. one that's on a five, you know, on a five yeah. story balcony that has some, you know, uh, fall risk and some stuff overhead and that kind of thing. So, and that's with, and that's with a lot of contractors. Right. They want to, they want to put the, their craziest job they ever did right on their website. And uh, so the, so, so if an insurance company is like, oh, we just got a submission for whatever fence company. Sure. And then we see, oh, they're, they're, <laughs> let's look at their website. And they're like, they're doing what? <laughs> right. Putting a fence above an acid plant? Yeah, exactly. They, is this their specialty? So we're going to underwrite this now. Right. And then we, gotta, so, then we have to go back and be like, well, they did that one time and they're not planning on ever doing that again. Right. Hence the importance <laughs> of that exchange you mentioned where you're not trying to pry. You just need to know the information to get us the best policy. Basically. Yeah. I mean, the more information that you can get, the better deal you can get. Right. Because what, here's what it comes that boils down to with the underwriter. The underwriter can pretty much 
we're good. We have like a chat that where we can all see what she she texts uh, us uh, sometimes. So it's, it. it's all good. Sorry. Well, the underwriter. Could it looks like something really bad's happening or something. It's not. She was laughing at me fiddling with my headphones. So sorry. <laughs> well, basically. I was explaining to him that it was a bet. Insurance is a bet that they're going to make money on you for a certain price, right? Yeah. So if you're an underwriter and you're just as cheap as possible. Wait, I, wait, what's an underwriter? I explained it. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, it's the person who looks, assesses your risk, basically. The one that looks at the website. And they, does, and they price the, they do the pricing of the quotes. But what I was going to say is the underwriter can, you know, if they wanted to write every account, they could because write the cheapest possible rate every time mm-hmm. but here's why they don't do that because you write everything cheap and then all of a sudden you you're costing the insurance company tons of money because sure. because like, oh, there why did you write, they're like why did you write this why did you write that this is totally off subject but does the underwriter have underwriters insurance for the policies that they write i mean it's a kind of a weird thing. no but the insurance companies have uh insurance for their <laughs> It's called reinsurance, um, which is reinsurance is going up right now, too. So that's another reason why insurance rates are going up, because because the insurance companies, if you own an insurance company, you pay for reinsurance. So like right. certain, you know, insurance companies say we pay the first twenty five million dollars of every mm-hmm. claim. But if it's over twenty five million, then the reinsurance pays. it. But that's a, another rabbit hole. Where I was, a, was, so I, I put a note in here and I was like, this is going to be a brief <laughs> overview. Oh, we talked about this because an hour is not even really going to like scratch the surface no, in the no. insurance world. And here we are proving that fact. Are we over an hour? I, we can keep going. But what, a, what a, we are at an hour to answer your question. Yeah. But the point I was making, the point I was previously making about um, how to make your insurance cheaper, right, is you got to provide the agent who can then provide the underwriter with safety information anything you can give the agent to give the insurance company because what happens all the pretty things anything the nice whatever you've got safety wise Mm -hmm. uh fleet safety anything like that give it to the agent because what happens is the the insurance company writes it for really cheap right Right. let's just say they write it really cheap but the underwriter has all these attachments in the file showing how safe they are and how good of a company they are if their boss comes up behind them, it's like, why did you write this account? They just got a $3 million claim. And they look at the file and they're like, well, I mean, looked good based on these files. Looked like a viable yeah, bet. This is a good, but if there's nothing in there and they're writing it for really cheap, they're probably going to get fired. Sure. Yeah. So what yeah. I, I tell people, give me stuff I can have the underwriter put in their file. Sure. So if something bad happens, they're comfortable. But don't lie. But right, transparency, honesty, it. integrity, so, and transparency. So I think we talked about this a little bit with the banker, but two people that I always try to be honest with is the insurance company and the banker. That's right. You know, and just I kind of like a air so the good, bad, cool. and the ugly. That'd be a good topic to talk about safety practices and those types of things. Yeah, yeah, safety is cool. a big deal. Thanks for the. I got a guy I could probably. I, I got a guy you could get on the show. I think he's got his own show. You know Rick Black? Yeah. He has a show. I believe he does. Hmm. I bet he'd come on here anytime. Interesting. I bet he would come on here anytime. Yeah. Um, he'd be good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Have you got that? Rick Black? Rick Black. All right. So we talked a little bit about how the insurance market is pretty tough right now, right? 
prices yeah. are going up. And uh, I heard a story the other day about people getting renewals that were up like 40 and 50%, crazy stuff. Um, yeah. So that is typically described to me as being a hard market, right? Yeah. Do you use that terminology? Yeah. A hard market and yeah. a soft market? We're in it right now. So what can you give us a, like a little explanation of, of that? That means that insurance companies are losing money left and right. Mm. And they basically are happy to lose business right now yeah because they're the more business they lose or the more business they don't write the less the less opportunity they have to lose money from losses mm. so everybody pulls back where they say oh yeah we're taking a 40 50 percent increase they don't care if they lose it at that point mm -hmm. they're saying we'll write it at 50 percent increase right which we in, in a lot in a lot of cases they probably don't even want to write it still right but they're like yeah, uh, we we do that. They're like uh, a job we, you don't want to do. We don't really want this job, but we'll do it for this much that's, money. That's that's what they're doing. Yeah, but they're also like far more than this ever. And I've I've been in, been in business for eleven years, so it's I've never seen a market like this. But you you just get so many non renewals right Last now. Last time it was this way was nineteen eighty six. Okay, is what I was told. So I mean, and that was before I was born. And Same so here. obviously I can't speak to that, but yeah, but a lot, I mean, insurance is hard to place right now. Yeah. Like I would say seven years ago, I could go meet with a company and get 12 quotes mm. right now. You know, you're just trying to get it placed. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's tough right now mm. because. So because, if you, because when they're losing money already there, it's just hard to convince them to write something. new. <laughs> so if your loss runs are bad, now's a tough time to be trying to find insurance and the auto insurance i mean property's bad right now too like old, they do not like old buildings um <laughs> <laughs> that's all i have they want they want your that, uh, that's brand this is brand new right, that's right. here this this backdrop is the brand table new. well i mean they they we want built it within the last five years yeah they want new roofs they want i mean they want to make sure you're updating your building or they don't want it at all because I mean we've had so many tornadoes that these old buildings that are not in good shape they just take a beating and isn't that crazy? Which that has kind of spiked in the last year, right? Over your eleven few, years, few years, few the tornadoes, yeah, few, no, it's two kind or of three an, years, right? Yeah. That's weird. Y'all heard about heart? Oh, never mind. I mean, I, and, and we can't go down that path. Oh, Memphis actually. <laughs> I like cornered. I held some people hostage the other day, retelling them about that. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> we'll tell you about it later. Yeah. Right. Well, Memphis has somehow avoids a lot of tornadoes, but like you know, like we talked about earlier with the pooling, mm -hmm. like Nashville has gotten hit hard. Uh -huh. We're in yeah. we're in the same state. Covington. Yeah. I don't know if you've yeah. been up there, but it, Millington. Yeah. Um, so our insurance rates or premiums are higher because of tornadoes in Nashville. So, but is it? Is it nationwide or is it regional? Both. Both. Every insurance company's every insurance company makes their own decisions. Okay, so maybe along those same lines, tell us a little bit about like the state kind of regulates workers' comp rates to some extent. They set the base rates. So where does the state get the information to set those rates? Uh, the profitability of the workers' comp companies. So the workers' comp companies report to the state, and then the state uses that to. Which is, the, like, so the uh, government is telling us how much we have to pay for workers comp um they're setting a baseline okay right <laughs> <laughs> but 
like every okay yeah, yeah. sure every work comp company has loss cost multipliers which is a bunch of, they all have a bunch of different work comp riding companies mm. um so i just imagine like a bunch of cockroaches at typewriters just i mean like when we're when we're like competing with other people's work comp companies we just go to the uh, Tennessee loss cost multiplier list because it has a list of like every single work comp company LCM. Mm-hmm. So, the, so you'll say, you know, Memphis Fences, whatever, with whatever insurance company. So you can just go look at the list and get an idea of pretty close how much they're paying. And so you're like, I'm going to beat that price. I got to put it with a company that's got a lower loss cost multiplier. Ooh, so we can, we can talk about something fun. So if you're getting a quote from two different agents, Okay, two different companies. So there's a thing where the first one to company XYZ represents company XYZ, right? And the second agent cannot get a quote from that same company. That's right. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing that that happens in the insurance world. Yes, then you get into agent of record letter wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you you then can like sign. So me as the insured, I can then sign a letter that like gives you the ability to get. You you can sign a letter saying which agent you want to get that quote. Yeah. And yeah, there's so. That's many- a real awkward thing for me when I got two people calling like I want to get a quote from these people. No, I want to, and I'm like, I just want a quote. Like I don't know. There's a lot of games. Yeah. There's a lot of games. Um, I will say it. So I told you earlier, insurance salespeople are the most persistent. Getting a quote on insurance sucks the worst, I think. Like it's such a process to go through and do all the applications and all of that kind of stuff. It's a pain in the butt too. So you entered into the, what you want more from your agent, not you as an agent, but we're kind of doing this. What do we want from bankers? What do we want from agent insurance agents? What do we want from vendors, you know, as a whole, and then we allow the vendor being you to tell us what we can do better as insured insured like what do you need from us you did mention like tell you a lot of stuff about the business the more information the better basically yeah and then i mean like let's just say you write a new account a new fence company they're gonna have loss control and the loss control will come meet with dan or whoever the owner may be and they're gonna come up with recommendations Mm -hmm. and they're gonna say we we want you to do this we want you to, to do that I mean, in my shoes, all the time, the customer just does not get that information back to us. And then all of a sudden we're getting non-renewed and we're having, so a good, a good, Mm. a good customer would, when they get those loss control recommendations, they just do them. And could you give us a couple (laughs) examples of those loss control recommendations? Uh, I mean, they'll say forklift certification. Is that one? Could be uh, the fire extinguisher hasn't been serviced in seven years. Um, you know, there's a burn pile out behind your building. Wait, did you look out back? <laughs> what, what burn pile? Yeah. What building? Yeah, there's fascia growing on your. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just get it removed. Um, I mean, that it's, it would be a good customer would do those things. Sure. I'm thinking of the shop like exposed cords on grinders, yeah, guards on grinders. Yeah, they go to a job so, site and they see your guy doing something they shouldn't be doing surfing on top of the skid steer with his yeah. shirt off yeah and then all of a sudden it's a good idea <laughs> exactly so um those are just basic problems that never stop because 
So do that. Be proactive about satisfying those requests. That 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 would be a good one for me. <laughs> because <laughs> it's like we, we're constantly like hey like i know you got those loss control wrecks like yeah i haven't even looked at it yet i'm like oh, you know we, you gave me what i needed and i got the job now i'm not worried about that anymore so i will say from our perspective it's hard man it's hard to do that stuff oh, because yeah. like you gotta get a contractor you gotta who knows what i mean we gotta sit down and spend like all day long trying to answer questions or fill out forms or hire people or whatever that like we really don't understand what's going on and then at the same time we have people calling us like hey do you want some money to come install a fence for me and i mean normally that guy's gonna get priority over filling out some form i don't understand yeah, look so, out contractor hey, we gotta do loss prevention analysis yeah, that's, that's right I, or whatever, I can't whatever it's your called. job today no, i totally get it I, you guys were asking <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'll shut up so we're not ganging up. i'm gonna like, be like i'm not i don't I don't disagree with you. I'm, you were asking what would make my life easier. <laughs> no, no, no. How dare you, Charlie? We're busy. Yeah. Nobody asked you. Wait a minute. Yeah, we did. I completely understand, and I know it's something important, and I know it's something that we should all take seriously. Right. For real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it, I'm just saying, like, from our perspective, it's hard whenever the phone's ringing and right. somebody's like, uh, hey, yeah. I need a quote on this. I need this done. I need that. You know, yeah. it, it makes it tough, but it's yeah. hard to prioritize right well, what happens is um they get a notice of cancellation in the mail and then all of a sudden they do it really fast yeah then it becomes a priority yeah yeah for sure and then yeah. you're like oh and then y'all weren't kidding oh, like, yeah, right. then it takes 30 you know, 30 seconds and it's like oh and now yeah, but, now and then we got to worry about getting it reinstated where mm -hmm. if you just did it originally mm -hmm. well and you just mentioned <laughs> too the days where you could just get reinstated or that may not be a possibility. Yeah. So yeah, if we so, can get canceled now. Yeah, in a hard market, you definitely want to stay up to date. Oh, yeah. They're not messing around right now. Um, they're not. So I, I went down this path one time. I thought I wanted to buy a drone. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, did I tell you this story? You did. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I want. Wait. Yeah. I talked to you about that drone. Yeah. So I thought I wanted to get a drone. And, uh, you know, you have to get licensed by the FAA. And there's like a whole process on that side of it, which, I mean, that's fine. I was aware of all of that and everything, but in the, I mean, the drone is like, you know, thousand dollars, right? 1200 bucks, something like that. And I'm like, eh, me being me, if I have any kind of crazy plans, which I have frequently have these wild ideas. Like a podcast? Yeah. No, no, no. That's not even wild. Like getting a drone, you know, or like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so I was going to get this drone. A couple so, of old buildings. I mean, new buildings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's become commercial uh landlords like and buy these super old buildings yeah no, super new buildings oh, super right, renovated right. super safe buildings right they have all the latest technology it's great safety um, logs at each doorway right you have to take your shoes off even that's unsafe actually i think no we have you know those little booties we have steel toe booties <laughs> uh so anyways was gonna buy a drone all right and like I said, thousand twelve hundred dollar drone, whatever. So I go out get some quotes on this insurance for the drone. Twelve thousand dollars a year to have insurance on a drone, and I said, "What? The drone? It's like a seven ounce drone that costs a thousand dollars that I want to fly to take a picture of a fence." Yeah, twelve thousand a year. Like, golly, that's crazy. So, well, right, sound like those. You probably get a discount if you got two drones. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Or maybe if when I filled out the application, they're like, how much drone flying experience do you have? And I put zero. Uh, that maybe played a role in it mm -hmm. too. But it, so that's kind of a weird thing. That's almost like the chicken or the egg deal. Like, well, how am how I going to fly get experience without having, are you yeah. requesting that I go fly do it uninsured? uninsured? Yeah. Well, yeah. That, well, that leads you to uh, new ventures mm -hmm. because if they can't get lost runs, what do they do? They need to have a good resume. Right. Which sounds you know, crazy or, you know, I'm not applying for a job, but you're applying for insurance and you don't have any experience owning a business. Why would, a, why would an insurance company want to write you right off the street? Right. I'll give them a resume saying I worked for this fence company for six years and I worked for this one for eight years and I've got a lot of experience and you have a good story. You can get written, but yeah. if you're like, I just, you know, I've never built the fence in my life, but I want to get, <laughs> Yeah, I want to go sell this $3 million job. Can you give me insurance for it? Yeah, yeah. You're not, it's not going to happen. Well, I think we, uh, we're at an hour and 16 minutes. I think we just wrap it up. That went by fast. Yeah, it does. It goes by fast. And like, I don't, there's a ton of stuff in here that I had written down that we never even talked about. So maybe, uh, maybe one day we can do round two and revisit and cover the rest of it. But I guess we could just pick a specific topic next time. No, I think. Or, I mean, I mean I, you know, general. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, I mean, the intention of this was to just kind of give an overview and some information. I think we accomplished what we came here to do. I really tip of the iceberg. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And I appreciate each show is kind of like, uh, makes each person necessary for the process of becoming a commercial contractor. Yeah. Each part of that is a little bit more accessible. And kind of relatable you know you get to because really me when i started a business i needed an insurance insurance agent i had no idea and i yeah. and i basically did that a resume yeah you know, i'd worked at memphis fence company doing this type of work for this period of time and that's basically what i provided them and yeah it's I mean, kind of a new a, venture needs to tell a story right <laughs> <laughs> tell the story that, that kind of scared me i was confused <laughs> oh because he's tell stories got it well you probably got a good rate at then if you were because you're a big storyteller. Come on in, Charlie. Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> I was born in a small town just outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Hit that mute button. <laughs> all right. Dude, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it, man. It's been awesome. So yes, one more time, some contact information for anybody who's still listening. 901-755-5526. Uh, the name of the agency? PCR insurance. And your first and last name, please. Charlie Pettard. <laughs> and what's your, your date of birth? Uh, okay. 121. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Charlie Pettard, everybody. Right, Thanks for coming on the show, man. All right, everybody. Uh, where are we at? Here we are. There you guys are. Thanks for oh, joining back yeah. in. Joining Bye. in. Joining us. Watching. Tuning in. Zooming in. Whatever you're doing. Um, Zach and I'm back. Sorry I missed y'all last week. And that'll be it. <laughs> That's cute. I'm trying to close the show. I can't do it without the microphone. All right, man. Thanks, Zach everyone. Shude, See Dan you next Turbyville time. Signing off for Powerhouse Vince Show. See ya.